0: hello everybody and welcome to the roasted games podcast i am kaz gable
1: and i'm bill price
0: and today we are back and uh will kind of wide open i don't think we have a specific plan it's just sort of at our whim where should we jump into what should we talk about it sounds like you've got a lot on on your mind bill do you want to take the lead here and lead I us do. in the right direction as we go
1: yes yeah, so um so some exciting news um we have gotten, as Roasted Games now, we have gotten our very first uh, like a free game in the mail from a manufacturer to, <laughs> to review before it hits uh, stores, which it's uh, supposed to hit stores next month. So if you're hearing this in August, which I'm super guessing you are, uh, yes. <laughs> then you can, you can rush to Target now and, and buy it. And uh, I am speaking, of course, of Downforce: The Target Edition uh, by Restoration Games. And so I was gonna kind of drop a little mini review here. Talk to Kaz. You've um, I've played, played the it, original. The original. Okay. Yeah. It's it's pretty close. It's it's a almost the same game. It's just uh, there. It, it's a little bit more streamlined, from what I understand, and uh, the components are a little smaller to get. Into like a thirty-five dollar price point, and it's got six new uh, power cards. So
0: okay, uh, but yeah, otherwise it's
1: it. it's pretty much the the uh, the original game. Okay. So for those unfamiliar with Downforce, it is a car racing game around a track that is. Uh, it's a double-sided board. It's a big board actually. Uh, it's a double-sided board, and six cars. And basically, it's uh, everybody will own a car or more because um, you, you bid on the cars in the beginning. And then so, so everyone will own at least one car. And the idea, you'll be playing these cards that uh, not only move your car, but move other people's cars as well, uh, potentially. So it's kind of this back and forth of uh, I want to progress with my cars, but at the same time there's this betting mechanism where every time you cross the yellow line, which is three times, uh, you are going to make a secret wager on who you think will come in first. Uh, So it could be your car uh, or it could be a completely different person's car. So you may be uh, so far behind on your car that you're like, okay, I hope I place you know, in the top three, but I don't think I'm going to win, but I really think the blue car is going to win. So I'm going to try and manipulate it so that the blue car wins because that's the one I'm betting on or what have you. Uh, So there's like a fun dynamic between uh, this desire to really focus on your own car and your own progress and bring glory to your racing team and at the same time, just get money from these bets. Uh, and, and either way are both both good strategies, um, but it's kind of the the melding of the two that seems to to be the, the the choice that kind of makes this game great for me.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's this like these elements are in other games that are like one of the other. Like Camel Up is a great racing game, but that's just really betting. This one, I I really love the element of this where you um try to you it's basically you're a racing firm. You have a car that you're sponsoring <laughs> or cars but uh, but you're also here to make money so it kind of combines like different types of racing games, which is cool.
1: yeah yeah and the um, uh, the, the six powers are, uh, are very streamlined, very easy to understand um, this in the true essence of a made for target experience uh, this simplifies everything uh, to the point that I think that really in any age just about, I mean, obviously not toddlers, but um, even even younger kids can can kind of grasp the uh, the basic mechanics of this game. So I think it's uh, it's a good choice for Target. Um, without, it's a good intro game, you know, to somebody who's like, oh, I don't play a whole lot of games. Uh, well, let's, let's try this one because I think it's not anything that'll just like blow your mind. It's not like dropping scythe on the table in front of you or anything. (laughs) So, uh, so so I think it was a good choice and I I think they did a good job streamlining some of the, the little nitpicky things out of it. And, uh, the powers are very straightforward, so there's no, like, how do you use this? Or I don't understand what this means. Like it's, it's pretty, they, they did a really good job with it.
0: Nice. Yeah, I I could see this being a really great Target exclusive. I really like this game. I haven't played it for a while, but um, I've played it a few times back in the day. Uh, I mean, it's not that old of a game, really. It came out in 2017 originally, but um, this this seems like it'd be a perfect fit for the Target audience. Just uh, it's approachable. It's got some great gamey elements, though. It's not like a super light game. It but it definitely has. Um, I don't know. Dunfer's is a is a unique racing game. It it does its thing. It's not surprising, but it does it really well. It's got great presentation. The board art or and the uh, box art look great. It's very clear. I like that it's Formula One theme um, as well. It's just my personal <laughs> choice on, like, racing genres. Right. Um, and uh, definitely, I in my experience, I definitely felt like... I'm trying to remember who I played it with. I think I played it with... Uh, I played it at a convention first, and I'm pretty sure I played it with, like... Um, couple people who had played it and the rest of us had it and so it was mostly new players and we all took to it really quickly so it's definitely a game that you can jump into pretty easily
1: yeah um me and and kirsten and my son joey we all uh it, it was the first time many of us had played i'd i watched the watch it played video and read the rules but uh it was a pretty quick explanation five ten minutes we were off to the races so to speak um, <laughs> nice pun intended <laughs> and and yeah, it was uh, it was good. There, there was very little as far as like you know bogging things down or anything like that. It uh, it can be a brain burner if you want it to be. Um, in true Kirsten fashion, she jotted down uh, how many points she had, how many movement spots she had for each car in <laughs> her entire hand uh, to help her choose which cars to to bid on. Yeah, um, and so it uh, she actually had a a fun quote, a fun Kaz quote, um, <laughs> in there about you, not from you, Okay. Uh, where I was kind of, uh, I had won the, the second game we played and I was like, man, I, uh, I was complaining about something, you know, I, I, cause I, I ended up getting a car at the end, uh, cause I kept getting out, bit I kept getting a car at the I got a car at the end that was really cheap. Sure. And, um, and I didn't have it's the one car out of all of them I didn't even want because I didn't have like really hardly any cards to move it or anything and mm-hmm. um and so I was saying something about that and she says she says uh shut your pie hole Kaz and bread. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like what and she's like you know like Kaz with that that uh that bread game I'm like oh car- carpe diem <laughs> Yes. Stand, <laughs> Stand by that complaint. Yes. But, uh, but remember how enough. angry, how angry you <laughs> oh, got?
0: So annoyed at how bread works. It's a magical this? item.
1: What is this garbage? It's just bread. And I'm like, shut up. You won.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm so mad about it.
1: <laughs> you can't complain. You can't be mad. You won the game. <laughs> Put this
0: gold aside. We want bread.
1: <laughs> no. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. All in all. Two thumbs up for me. If I didn't uh, already have it, I would. Uh, I'd probably go buy it because it's a good one to have. i um, looking forward to playing it with the roommates. It plays uh, plays up to six, so that's kind of nice too. Yeah, but it played really well at three, so I, I feel like it. Uh, it's you just universally scales really well. I imagine it'd be a lot more chaotic at six, but
0: um, it's a lot more bottlenecking, if I remember correctly, because I believe we played a five or six player game. In my last play of this. And it was really fun, but it's definitely more positioning. And like the cool thing about these, um, uh, the racetracks is that they have these really interesting bottleneck positions that you've got to, you know, plan ahead for, or if you can purposely block them or bottleneck them or, or slow racers behind you down to get, you know, other cars having a lead. So there's there's kind of this really interesting effect on the gameplay it has um, as you, or it changes as you progress through the racetrack. It's not just like, you know the same track distance or width. That there's varying spots that can be occupied, um, and there's and, two
1: tracks. There uh, there's yes, one on yeah, the exactly. front and one on the back. And the one uh, the the darker track, uh, which looks like it's the nighttime raising track, uh, it has bottlenecks all over the place. It has long yeah. long stretches where there's only one um, spot through, and the other one only has like one area like that, one tiny little corner. So depending too on on which track you play. Uh, those bottlenecks and that whole blocking cars from moving and things like that, can uh, it, it can really change up. Just, just the track itself can change up the entire way that you play.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm th- I'm super glad this is at Target. Just coincidentally, before you even let me know we were getting a uh, game to review, that I was just, I, like, Dion Flair kind of enters my brain every once in a while. <laughs> like, I don't, I used to say, I don't have a lot of racing games, but I've slowly collected a lot of racing games, I'm realizing, and one that I didn't really have is just a straight-up uh, racing, racing game. And, like, I was thinking about getting um, uh, Flamme Rouge, uh, but I can't find that one, really, and so I had fond memories of Downforce, and so now I can go to Target and grab it, so...
1: You sure can.
0: Fun coincidence there.
1: Yeah, so, again, thanks, uh, big thank you to Restoration Games. They, they did provide us with a free copy, but even if it wasn't free, it's still a great game. So... Um, If you have any gaming friends out there, or not—I should say non-gaming friends out uh, there—you should you should have this in your collection.
0: Nice, thank you, Rob Devio.
1: Yes, good job, sir. uh, Moving on to an entirely different um, thing, real quick. Did you see what's coming out in October? I did not. Related to one of your favorite games?
0: I did not. What could it be?
1: I'm going to read this aloud. For you, oh, okay. So the
0: official news clip briefing.
1: Yes. So, uh, <laughs> breaking news on Roasted Games Radio. Uh, this will not <laughs> be breaking news, I don't think. Like when everyone hears this, but um, so I'll read this. Horrified American Monsters is coming this Ooh. October, featuring classic cryptids like the Mothman. Um, oh, it, awesome! It'll cost thirty four ninety nine and can be played by one to five players. Uh, And while its predecessor focused on universal monsters such as Dracula, this version of Horrified is delving into American folklore. You'll be defending the town of Cross Creek from Bigfoot, the Jersey Devil, the Chupacabra, Mothman, the Ozark, Ozark Howler, and the Banshee of the Badlands.
0: That is awesome. I can't. That's really. That's a great way to take it.
1: Yes, and because it's set in the definition of a uh, small town, USA during the 1950s or 60s, "Horrified American Monsters" has a very different feel as well. And rather Good. than braving cool. the gothic castles of some nameless European village, you'll have to survive assaults on everything from high school to remote farms.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Right? That's really cool. I'm super excited to see. See this one, yeah. I'm curious. I'll be curious to see how similar the gameplay is if what they do to change that. But um, yeah, I'm looking at an article right now about it. That looks great. I love Horrified. One of my favorite co-op games.
1: Yeah, and my understanding is it's going to keep the same same gameplay, but uh, since obviously the the big difference is the monsters, it's going to have all mm-hmm. these different monsters. So I imagine it's going to have completely different like uh, wind conditions and, and plays with with the yeah. monsters and everything. So that'll be really interesting to see what they they did with that.
0: Yeah, I love that, too, because one of my favorite things about Horrified is that it isn't just, you know, kill the monsters, win the game. You have to, like, solve their problem because a lot of them are pretty, like, especially the um, Universal Studios ones. They're, like, sad (laughs) stories, (laughs) like, just really (laughs) horrible, like, mishaps that happen to these people and so, like I mean Dracula's straight up evil but all the other right. ones you just I think he's the only one you have to straight out like murder but all the other ones you're like uh, cure wolfman make a potion help Frankenstein and the bride fall in love <laughs> <And> right so <laughs> it's just, so I'm really curious like what Mothman's deal is <laughs> how do you solve his issue right <laughs> get a light bulb for Mothman he's try yeah. he's going insane <laughs> <laughs> or turn the light bulb off so he can finally be free. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Get Sasquatch beef jerky or whatever he needs. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes, that's cool. I'll I'm super
0: excited. excited. Yep. Same. <laughs> that's fun. I, I love that game. I'm glad they're keeping it going. So, so is this. We're starting to see kind of like. Maybe we have before, and I just didn't notice sort of like the next. Um, the sequels are the next gen of of games that have been successful at Target, then, because that was a Ravensburger exclusive, I believe. No, was it Ravensburger? It's a Target exclusive, but
1: yeah, it's a Ravensburger game. Uh, it's Target exclusive, but for some reason, Target exclusive seems to mean that it's available anywhere because you can. Yeah, I think they get them at... initially
0: and then yeah. they broadly broadly distribute.
1: Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's. Um, I'm I'm super psyched to see Target doing these because like they've done Jaws and they did the um, I think they, they had the Fast and the Furious game and uh, Horrified and uh, the Pan Am and uh, what's the other one they had um, the Godzilla one they've had a Funko one too well that maybe the Funko Godzilla one that I'm thinking of but yeah uh, but yeah there's uh, there's been quite a few and they've all gotten phenomenal reviews i can't think of any that i i've heard like really negative things about so yeah
0: it's impressive i, I have to say as it's becoming like kudos to target whatever they are is like having their finger kind of on like this is a market <laughs> that people are going to, it's going to be worthwhile for them to do and there's a lot of like and to do it right not just like half-ass some ips they actually seem to be really working with great publishers and designers to make some quality games.
1: And I saw on Twitter, too, uh, Elizabeth Hargraves was tweeting about it uh, not too long ago, that um, Wingspan is in Target now. Oh, awesome. So, and you want to talk about, like, not a gateway game (laughs) right yeah i mean i guess i I guess it could be if you're like such a birdie that you're like this is uh i have to learn this no matter what yeah (laughs) Yeah. this is just how Uh, birds are this makes sense
0: this is what birding's like
1: (laughs) exactly exactly like these things they're naturally what birds do i see them rolling (laughs) dice all the time uh, and yeah
0: i'm always collecting berries Yep, (laughs) trying to lure birds one way or the other Uh, yeah yeah, that's uh, that's cool
1: they're, they're definitely getting into uh much, much more, uh, and deeper into to those kind of games, into the hobby. So uh, it's, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. They're doing their part to to help us grow.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, good for them. I love I love the fact that you can just I mean obviously support your local game store as much as possible. But I'd also love the fact that for people who don't have local game stores, <laughs> most likely there's a Target somewhere near you, and oh, yeah. so uh, and obviously you could order through them. But uh, the, I like the fact that there are physical availability is much more um, out there prevalent because of this so that's great.
1: Agreed, agreed. Um so since I've hogged the first two you want to you you got anything you want to talk about?
0: I do, I do. I had a really fun play um recently of The Lost Ruins of Arnak and um, Oh, I've heard so many good things. I want to see that. It's pretty awesome, <laughs> I got to say. Like this is um this game is kind of another one right up my alley. I'm I'm a sucker for Indiana Jones like um IPs or genres where it's it's so you like you really know, are 1920s uh, swashbuckling explorers um and what was uh, that
1: terrible game that you kept playing over and over Lost again Lost
0: Expedition <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. god <laughs> oh god I got it. I went down <laughs> a rabbit hole with that one that was uh yeah I got spreadsheets that I made <laughs> from that game I wanted we'll to never love it so bad that. I that wanted game to was, love it so bad that game was not good <laughs> <laughs> it really? Eh, I
1: don't, yeah, okay, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> I tried it, too, it, I tried too, but not nearly uh, as hard as you did. Like, no. I'm like, eh, this game sucks, and you're like, oh, but there's a way. <laughs> I, I will figure it out. <laughs> now, logically, you know, if we think mathematically
0: here, yeah, no, I would try so hard to really like the game. I still have it, I haven't brought myself to sell it, but uh, maybe I'll come back to it and I'll crack the code, but... Uh, but sure, anyway, uh, sure. speaking of a game that will probably be appealing to both of us, uh, The Lost Runes of Arnak is in that similar ilk of theme where you are an explorer off to um, explore many different expedition sites and temples and uh, I'm not sure of the vocabulary what they call them in-game, but that's what I call them, but you get the edges. That's kind of the, the same rigmarole that they, they always do with these uh, is that you're off exploring, and so the game is... Really great. And in a lot of these games that are exploration, it feels like it's kind of linear or uh, in a way or it either is a lot of story or not a lot of story a very abstract like EuroE style game. This is a nice mix of there is not really any like storyline. You kind of just get what you're doing. You're an, you're an explorer, a treasure hunter um, out in the, in the Lost Ruins of Arnak exploring these sites, which seems to be kind of like a mystical lost world. Uh, in a way where it's been untouched for many, I don't know, centuries. Um, But without that story, it really does come alive because there's all these different locales. There's three stages of the game that you kind of start at the base of the board, at sort of base camp sites, and the base camp sites let you do certain things. They let you grab a few different resources by spending uh, a certain type of card from your hand, and then you can, after you sort of build up a little bit of an engine going, you can get to the next level, which is which is are the um, exploration sites, and these this is the most of the locations are here in the second area and each of these location sites you go there you get something but every time you go there a hazard's going to appear mostly a monster in my experience i don't know if there's anything else but it's pretty much always just like a monster appears it's kind of defending the area and so you have to either fight the monster or you get a fear card in your deck which is a filler but it's also functional Um, And then if you can keep this engine building, you can go to the last stage, deep, deep, deep in Arnak, where there's a few, just a few areas to go where you can get um, bonuses and points and rewards and monster battles. It's just so much of everything of that genre of um, exploring a lost world deep in the jungles. Uh, That just everything is in there like monsters treasure um, the the actual physical exploration and then running back to camp for safety (laughs) Um, and it does one of the best things about it is everything it's not a I wouldn't say it's a point salad game. But everything that happens has a function. There's no straight-up punishment. So the biggest punishment is you have a hand of cards, and you're collecting cards in your hand as you play the game. There's a bit of a deck builder element, and one of the things you have is fear. You're, you know, it's it's a little it's a little scary to go into the jungle. There's, there's unknown uh, tra- traumas or uh, traumas that await you, or unknown um, scary monsters in there. So you have two fear cards in your hand to begin, and you can, but you use them to kind of play into the base camp to earn earn things you can play them later in the game they kind of get in your way and so as you 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 get you can get rid of the fear but also you can earn fear and actually go after a fear side strategy (laughs) which is really cool where um fear is like the uh the base currency not i shouldn't say currency um Uh, For for lack of a better word, currency, each station requires you to throw down cards of a certain type, and it's usually based on distance. So fear cards are also boot cards because they are walking cards, and walking is a little scarier than anything else. So to get to the base camp areas at the buy space of the board, you play fear cards to arrive there and then get your resources. And if you're first, you just pay one. If you're second, you pay two um, to grab the resources. And then the spots are filled and no one can go there. The next stages are uh, cars or boats. And so those are other cards that you'll get in your hand, and you just start with a couple, but you'll get more. Uh, But cards and boats also can act as boot cards. So you can, if you're out of fear cards, you can use them to go to the lower areas. So there's there's a wild effect to these cards. Basically, the higher-value ones also count as the lower-value ones. And then the highest-value one, way at the top, is an airplane. Uh, and so that can actually be used to play for a plane or, or – I'm sorry, a boat or a car or a boot. So you can collect these cards and still go to every single location even if you don't have the iconography correct for that location. If you have a higher value symbol, that can pl- uh, take the place of that card. So it's, anyway, it's, I don't know if explaining it very well, but it's, it's a really cool system of not wasting – feeling extremely efficient in your cards. And there really isn't a card that's wasted. It's just more – the opportunity that you may not have wanted but there is definitely something to do with them um, each turn with all the cards in your hand which is really really cool really 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 cool way to go about it so it's the design of this game is pretty astounding I was very impressed Um, this is definitely one I would love to pick up as well but uh, it was really fun to play and I think we played with um, an expansion or two it was uh, the um, person who brought it to the game night uh, his name is Skip he's a new, new member he's a great guy and I believe he kickstarted this and I think there was an expansion or two in this and I can't remember exactly what they were but uh, enough said this one is super awesome definitely highly recommend playing this one
1: nice nice yeah that's uh, that sounds amazing and I've heard lots and lots of good things about it um, from lots and lots of people so that is that is on my list yeah absolutely on my list So I believe I mentioned one, um, on my way saying goodbye the last week, Mm -hmm. um, that I was getting and was going to play, and that's Cthulhu Death May Die.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And I did get it and have played it. Okay. And, uh, my son Joey has, uh, he has soloed it several times, um, and it is. I, let me tell you, this game is brutal. Like, <laughs> like, brutal. Like, like, really, really hard. Um, it's, it's kind of similar, uh, to, um, the, uh, Arkham Horror the Card game from the standpoint of how difficult it is. Not in any kind of mechanics, really, but, uh, or mechanisms, really, but the, um, It's really, really difficult. Um, Me, Kirsten, and Joey played episode one against Haster. And we ended up on the last round, basically. Um, Kirsten dies on her turn. Joey sacrifices (laughs) himself on his turn. So that we don't all die and I'm the only one left and I have like one health and like one madness left right before I go insane and die and I have to kill Haster and uh, and I did I, <laughs> I made my die roll and I did exactly what I was supposed to because these guys and I'll explain this mechanism but um, the, the crazier you get uh, the, the higher up on, on the insanity tracker you get uh, that's how you upgrade your your skills so uh, I was at, like, maximum power and just, like, devastated Haster at the very end. I would not have lasted another turn. As soon as he hit back, I'd have been dead. Uh, and had I rolled an Insanity um, on any of the die, I would have been dead. So we, like, squeaked out, like, skin of teeth kind of thing, <laughs> um, and and after the monstrosities in this game, seeing things with skin on their teeth, actually would not even be that disturbing. Uh, but the uh, the minis are fantastic. The rules are, are very cohesive. They're very smooth. It does a really good job of doing what I think all good horror-type horror games, especially Lovecraftian horror-type games, do, which is just make you feel like through the entire thing you feel like you're, you're going to die at any point in time. And so it makes it when you do die, you're like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. But when you win, you're just like, Oh my God, I never saw that coming. Right. Um, it's just this, this like massive amount of despair and hopelessness for the entire (laughs) game. Um, and then you just, it's, uh, it's a great feeling when that happens. And, um, it's, it's such a neat mechanism, the, the way that uh, in order to gain in power, you have to go more insane. So you'll right. naturally roll when you're doing things, skill checks and fighting things and things like that. Um, you'll naturally roll insanity. And as you go up the track, you'll get additional dice and you'll get to upgrade your powers. Huh, okay. And that's the only way to do it. So just by definition, the more insane you get the more insanely powerful you get so there's this fine balance between knowing kind of when to um, when to really go out and do the stuff you need to do uh, versus being kind of on the edge you know we're like right. i'm not strong enough yet to go do this other stuff But then when you get strong enough, you're like, I'm so close to going insane that I don't even know if this is a good idea. (laughs) Um, So it's a really, really interesting choice and interesting uh, mechanism all the way around. And I I really thought that that particular part of it was really fascinating. Um, But just every single time you draw a Mythos card in between uh, in between turns, it's just something devastating. It's just like the guy gets uh, like Haster or Cthulhu. Those are the two that uh, the retail box comes with. Um, They get closer to being summoned and here's five cultists or here's a a fire vampire and (laughs) a Shagoth or something. And you're just like, oh, my God, (laughs) there's like 14 monsters in this room. They don't even fit on the board. Right. What's happening? (laughs) Uh, But. But there's still this this sense of you have a chance because um, some of the characters are really powerful uh, at different things. And so if you have the right combination, and you're just crazy enough and you have, you know, the right skills and you've been upgrading the right things like you can clear out a room like that. Um, and, mm. and so you never feel like you don't have any chance, um, but you never feel like you're winning. Yeah, yeah. In, that's well, in that's true a Cthulhu, Cthulhu year, right? fashion. Yes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: oh, that's cool. Yeah, it looks super cool. I love the idea of intentionally summoning the elder gods to
1: just end them. <laughs> like that
0: is a that's some hubris right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, because if you if you interrupt the ritual, then the elder god comes out, and but he's in apparently in like weaker form or something, so you have a chance to fight him. But if he gets to like the full summon and comes all the way through. Like obviously you're you're done. Uh, guns are not going to yeah. stop like right. fully fully summoned. You know Cthulhu. That's just <laughs> not a thing that is a thing. So yeah, um, that shotgun yeah, we,
0: blast is not going to do it this time.
1: Correct. But we really really enjoyed it. Um, and Joey's played it outside of uh, our three player game. Joey's played it. I think three times, um, episode one twice and episode two once, uh, and and he's lost every time. So <laughs> it's uh, it's an incredibly difficult uh, solo game for sure. Um, but it's uh, it's it's pretty replayable. It uh, it comes with two elder gods, and then it come it's uh, nine or nine six episodes, and the episode changes based on to which elder god so there's really 12 fully fully fleshed out scenarios that you can you can play um because what what it does is you take the cards from the episode and you deck and you mix it with the cards from the um elder god that you choose and and so that way like the mythos cards you're drawing are unique to that episode and that elder god so they have very huh. different feels playing like episode 1 with cthulhu versus episode 1 with haster they're completely different games they have different feels to them they're the same ob- objectives and the same layout but uh, but very different Th- they play very very differently so that's uh so the replayability definitely seems like it's there and they've they've put out other elder gods um like, separately, and I think they kick-started a couple extra ones, and season two's out as well, and I think they're going to kickstart season three, so there's plenty of material for it.
0: Oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I, that sounds awesome. I obviously love Cthulhu games, and this one looks um, really interesting. So, and it's, let's see, yeah, so, okay, so as a co-op, and as a, oh, another Rob Davio. Oh, man, he's the topic of the day. Um... And Eric Lang. So how would you say this rates compared to, like, Eric Lang? Does this, does this feel like an Eric Lang game? I mean, it sounds yes. like it. <laughs> it very much sounds like it. It,
1: it does. It does. It um, kind of to toss Rob Davio in there, um, it sort of feels like an Eric Lang game that, like, if Eric Lang did Cthulhu Pandemic or something. And I know there is a Cthulhu Pandemic because I have it and I love it. But – um. This is much much darker, but it still kind of has some elements there where um, you're you're pulling these uh, the mythos cards. You're like, oh my god, is there a symbol on it? Oh, okay, no symbol, because as soon as three symbols come, then the elder god advances on the track again. So yeah, uh, it was kind of a similar mechanism to what um, what pandemic does, where you pull the pandemic card out. Uh, so it's it it has that that tense. Feeling that you get when you're you're going to the the deck in pandemic, uh, it's the same kind of thing here. Uh, but it it's it works really really well. It's very smooth. It's very streamlined. It's um, it seemed initially when Joey was explaining it all, he he taught us, and uh, it seemed kind of fiddly, and it is a little bit. It's certainly mm-hmm. not something you're gonna play with uh, anybody who's not a fairly experienced board gamer. Um but it's uh once you get going like it's it really is smooth and it makes sense. Uh and hmm. it's not like oh, well, I don't understand thematically why you'd even do that. Like it it all ties together and it just it makes sense. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that totally totally yeah. makes sense.
1: So, it's very very smooth gameplay. Um I heartily enjoyed it. Uh if you get a chance to play it, you you definitely should. Um, so I think it was. Uh, it's only like seventy dollars on Amazon. So.
0: Cool. All right. Well, which Rob Davio game can we talk about next? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, I'll I'll jump in with one. I this isn't a new isn't a new one, but I have pl- have played this in a bit, and I got it to the table again recently, and had a lot of fun with it. And um, that was uh, a fake artist goes to New York. I haven't played that in so long. And I my last play, I brought it to game group like many, 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 many months ago, maybe even over a year ago. And it, w- it went over okay, but it was also a loud night at the brewery, and it was kind of hard to hear. And um, it was I, I was kind of like, man that was okay. I mean, it worked okay. And this I played it again with the group at a quieter night at another brewery, and we had a real good time with it. We played a couple rounds, and we had a bunch of new people too, so it was a great icebreaker game. And, uh, and it just kind of refreshed me how much I really like that game and how I want to play it more often. <laughs> it's just such a silly, goofy game and very simple, but it worked. The mechanism worked really well. And the last time I did it, I, I didn't even think about it. the noise factor really kind of tanked the game in, in a way. <laughs> it was just yeah. so hard to see and understand what was happening and hear, and the lighting was a little dim. And so it definitely didn't shine, um, but anyway, playing it again, it, it worked out great and made me super happy because I really
1: liked I liked the game. So, yeah, I have it. I have never played it. Yeah, um, it's just on my shelf of shame, uh, <laughs> which I should I say shelf uh, shelves of yeah. shame, case
0: um, of shame, bookcase of shame.
1: Yeah, this isn't this isn't like a big big one I want to talk about, but uh, I did finally play. I got and played uh, the crew.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Um, okay, <laughs> love which, uh, which you were you were raving about, and uh, and and we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. It uh, yeah. It was it was good. We played with Joey's never played, uh, really, any trick taking games. Kirsten mm-hmm. and I are like old school card players. Like we have played a ton of trick taking games. Yeah. Uh, so like we got it, and so we we're kind of trying to like spoon feed him the whole way. It's like, hey, when somebody plays this, typically that means. And so we uh obviously cheated like a lot. <laughs> um, but the, the we tried a few times to you know, without that, but it uh, I think it would work really, really well with a bunch of more experienced, um, more experienced trick taking game players. but i I love the idea, yeah, uh, and it's it's fascinating to try and work through in your head like, okay, how do I take that? And then have that person take that. And how do I give this one away? And how do I make sure that that's the first one they do? And because we kind of started on like episode like twenty or whatever, because right. the first ones were like way too easy. <laughs> right. Right. So. All right. Well,
0: that's a. <laughs> those are not easy.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be. Uh,
0: I I don't think how far I've gotten with that. That's one I really want to have like a dedicated. I gotta start bringing that to game night more often. Just have a dedicated group to see. All right, let's see how far we can get, guys. Um, yeah,
1: I, I I really liked it. I uh, I I really liked it. But yeah, it's definitely the caveat that uh, you. I don't think you can play it with with um, people who aren't experienced somewhat in trick taking.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's a the cost of entry. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's. <clears throat> It's just kind of abstract. <laughs> it just sort of feels like, why are we going through this?
1: <laughs> right, right.
0: I I still love that game. That's one that I am so terrible at because I always I always misthink about something. Like, I'm like, all right, if I do this now, then that would mean, and then later on I'm like, oh, no, that made no sense what I was just doing. <laughs> or <laughs> right. Jeff will tell me directly as we're playing. <laughs> one of those things will happen. Yep. Um, He's like, look, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you lost it again for us, guys. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but I love that. I do love that game. It's such a fun take on trick taking, and um, uh, there's something about that mind. I don't know. It just feels like flipping the whole thing on its head. That just really messes with you in st- thinking out the steps. Or at least maybe it's just me. But it, it it's a fun puzzle, mental like uh, hoops to jump through to get figure out like how how it's going to play out and realize. That you you don't want tricks necessarily, but it's not bad if you take tricks, just not certain tricks. and anyway, I, I love the 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 comedy of errors that occurs after you start playing a bit.
1: yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of like co- if you played cooperative hearts, combined with the mind <laughs> right right. <laughs> You're trying to read everybody's mind and do stuff without saying anything. but at the same time, it's just yeah. a trick taking game.
0: <laughs> the familiarity of hearts with the frustration of the mind <laughs> combined
1: together at last. <laughs> yes. In space. So I played another one that I recently got that has been on my radar for quite some time. And, uh, have you heard of it, it's uh, smartphone ink. No, I've not. Okay. So smartphone ink, which is actually in, um, the, uh, I think Tom Vassell gave it like a 9 out of 10 uh, oh, wow. it's it's in the Dice Tower's Essential line, it's got the Dice Tower Seal of Excellence and like it's uh, he really really loves it hmm. um, and it's it's pretty popular it's in like, I think it's in the BGG top, I don't know couple hundred or something but okay. um, it's, uh, I think it's about two years old and um, it's you each play a big company, uh, like tech company, in a different part of the world, like India or China or the U.S. or Australia, wherever. And uh, you're selling cell phones, basically. So hmm, you, okay. um, yeah. <laughs> so like you're really exciting so you're, far. You're getting into <laughs> other markets, so you're you're trucking okay. to other logistics, trucking to other markets, and you're. Uh, You have to also maintain, like, production. So you have to pay attention to manufacturing to make sure you have enough things to sell. And then you have to make sure you have enough logistics points to get to the places you want to sell. And then you have to build, like, offices there in those different countries to be able to sell them. And then you can only sell to people willing to pay for your stuff. So, like, for instance, um, China might have uh, a three, a five, and a seven. And if your price uh, that you've priced at the beginning of your cell phone is $6, the 3 is only willing to pay up to $3, so you can't sell to him. The 5 is only willing to pay up to $5, you can't sell to him. The 1 is willing to pay up to 7, so you can sell to that guy. But then hmm. somebody might come behind you in the same spot with $3 cell phones and be able to sell to the 3 and the 7.
0: Hmm, interesting, okay.
1: And so, and and then additional technologies, like you research things like 5G and Wi-Fi and uh, all this kind of stuff, and so you can get patents for that that'll give you some extra points, but at the same time, it will open up more customers because you'll have customers in China who will only buy phones with 5G or customers in India who'll only buy phones with Wi-Fi hotspots or whatever. So um, there's just this... uh, it it sounds very bland, and it, it <laughs> looks really bland. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, really fascinating. Um, it's got this really st- cool mechanism I've never seen before, where you, you have these two boards and they're double sided and they have different uh, things on them. And the way that you play is you have to overlap the boards. They can be on either side, and you overlap mm-hmm. to cover certain squares on one or one of the boards. Okay. and and then the the number of squares that you cover is your production value plus however many production squares are showing on the board so you you kind of reduce the number of things you can do uh, because there's like technology uh, squares and there's um, there's squares that you use to raise or lower your prices there's uh, production squares there's um, logistics squares. All these and each one, each face that's showing uh, that you haven't covered up gives you that action. Hmm. So uh, it's this really interesting uh, process, and you do it kind of behind a screen. And it's this really interesting process. Watch a video if you, you get a chance. Okay. Uh, Tom Vassels is really good. Um, it just kind of shows to, to see this, this mechanism. It's really inventive. I've never seen anything like it, uh, but it's uh, that that's kind of. 50% of the fun right there was just that that phase where you're like, I've never seen, this is really neat. Because then huh. you can get more boards, too, more little mini boards that will cover up other things. So pretty soon you've got these things covering up other things, covering up other things, and it's like this fun puzzle uh, huh. during that phase. And then, you see, then everything just executes based on that. Uh, so you go through all the phases, and you execute logistics, and you execute technology, and you execute... You know this and that, and 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 selling and um, building and all that stuff. So uh, it's, it's really really neat. It only takes place over five rounds. Uh, it's not very long. Uh, it was I think ours took an hour, hour and fifteen something like that. Um, I think it says ninety minutes on the box, sixty to ninety minutes. We only played with three players, um, hmm. but it's uh, once you get the hang of it, it's actually fairly fairly speedy. And uh, I I was pleasantly surprised. It I didn't really want to play it. <laughs> it's one of those weird things where like I I bought it right. based on the review, and then when I got it, I'm like looking through it and I'm like, this doesn't look fun. Right. Like really at all. Like this looks so like antiseptic. It looks not fun at right, all. Yeah. Um, but it really, really is like once you start playing it, like halfway through, I'm like, I really like this game. Huh. So.
0: Huh. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. It seems like one I check out for sure. It kind of reminds me of, um, overbooked in a way the, even the color scheme. It's sort of like, it looks very bland, but once you get into it, it's just like, I really, really like this. Yeah, um, a lot of cube yeah, placement. D-
1: <laughs> it does come across abstract in that in that way, uh, very very much so. Uh, you can absolutely easily forget that you are selling cell phones. You could, it, you could just uh, be like, "I'm selling cubes." Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm cube selling cubes in the. 1990s. I'm selling cubes to that cube, <laughs> to that square <laughs> on the board. That's it. <laughs> Squares buying cubes, and I just get money. Like you, you could legit, and that's kind of what it what it breaks down and feels like. It's not overly thematic, but, um, but they they really did make it a fun game. It, it really is. It, it's very fun.
0: Nice, uh, cool. That, one, that sounds like one I'd like to check out for sure. I always do love those um, building a uh, little little empire. Um, uh, you know, the train games do it. Probably the most common one to do that is finding getting your routes or your interconnectivity. Power grids, another one, kind of like that. But um, that seems like right up my alley. Cell phones, eh? It's, and that's the old classic. That'll be what we're looking back a hundred years from now. Remember the Remember barons cell of cell phones? Yeah, <laughs> the cell phone barons. and. <laughs>
1: Trying Remember to find back, fi- back <laughs> before they put 5G chips in our brain? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is they're doing. Uh, 10G, probably. <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> Remember when it only went up to 5Gs, lol? <laughs> How did they do anything with 5Gs? So yeah. silly. <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think of anything else I have played that's worth checking out or talking about. Um, I have not playing a ton. I... And um, yeah I honestly haven't been playing like much worth else worth talking about so I have been uh just kind of revisiting a lot of old games and playing a ton of camel up lately just like obsessively huh. <laughs> I don't know why just
1: that's just been in the mood just been in the mood for it well that's exciting I have camel up I uh have not even punched it out yet but... oh really <laughs>
0: yeah I love that game that is such a great. Uh, I enjoy it too. All, I, I, all around I good game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's one I actually just bought it recently because I I I'd played it many times before and and just enjoyed it. But we, uh, I think Aaron or Je- I think both of them actually started bringing it to the game group when we started back up, and it, we just started playing it again. I was like, God, I forgot how much I love this game, and I and I grabbed it because I uh, I it's a versatile game in many ways. It's a really great gamers game. There's a lot to, for like experienced gamers can really enjoy it, but it is a fantastic intro game and it is a fantastic family game. Like we'll play it with my son and he, he definitely gets it. It's silly. He thinks it's funny. Um, and, uh, you know, he doesn't do the, the deepest of all strategies, but he can still actually play the game and make his own decisions. And, um, and so we can all play it together. So it just, well, well designed game. I, on uh, pretty much every every aspect of the design.
1: Oh, I agree. I agree. I played it. Uh, I played it at um, at Aaron's house. I think Jeff brought it one time, or Aaron owned it. I don't even remember at this point. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I think it's a good game. So um, I mm-hmm. Go it. have played another game that I just got. Um, oh, okay, and this one I really really enjoyed. Joey really really enjoyed. Um, I think Kirsten's undecided on it. Okay. And that is Aquatica. Hmm. Not heard of that one. So in Aquatica, it's got this fun mechanism where uh, you have cards that have like powers on the side of them. And you slide them up through the game board. And as you use a power, you slide it up and slide it up, and then pretty soon you get to the bottom of the card, and then you can play a card to score any of those, and then they go in your scoring pile. Um, so it's this fun, like, you kind of use them. You you get these, you buy these cards, and you use these powers, but once you cycle through the powers, then and only then do you get the victory points at the bottom. Hmm, and um, so it's, uh, it's like the theme is... Uh, I mean, obviously, like all of these games, the, the theme is razor thin, right. but um, it's uh, you're all like underwater kingdoms, and you're buying locations, uh, either buying or conquering locations, um, and you're buying characters, so there's some deck building in it, um, so it's kind of like similar to Concordia, in that um, your initial hand, everybody starts with the same like <laughs> seven cards, uh, seven or eight cards, okay. and one of them is pick all your cards up, so... Gotcha. Like, you, you play a card that lets you um, buy a character and gives you a gold. So then you can see if you've got any other powers from your locations that you can use to get gold to, you know, buy more powerful characters. Uh, you've got ones that'll let you buy locations. You have ones that are like warmongers and, you know, uh, conquer a location with three power or something like that. So... Um, there's there's a bunch of different cards and then you can buy these these cards that give you even bigger powers uh some of them are like almost like replacements they'll do something that your basic cards do but they'll do it better um so then there's Hmm. always that that whole thing of you know do i keep using cards so that i can i can keep having good turns or do i play the card that lets me bring everything back in my hand and i kind of don't really get to do anything on this turn, but then I have all my choices again. Uh, so it's kind of one of the, the it's a Concordia dilemma, I believe. Isn't hmm. Concordia does that, right? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so it's it's uh, and it's it's fairly quick, and it is uh, it's relatively light for for what it appears to be. Um, but I know there's an expansion, a uh, Deep Waters expansion, that um, that adds uh, some complexity and, and stuff to it. So I'm kind of anxious to, to check that out. But I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, Joey really enjoyed it. Uh, Kirsten was a little frustrated at first, ended up enjoying it. But I, I'm not 100% convinced I could get her to play it again. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> well, getting through the first one is, is uh, quite a reward. Yeah, but I, I really
1: into. I really liked it. I think uh, I think you would like it.
0: Hmm, cool. Yeah, it does sound like right up my alley. I love these little, what's that, uh, Thunderstone? It kind of reminds me, uh, just looking at the board, that layout of, like, buying cards and then adding to your hand and then the rounds of um, playing out. So it definitely seems right up my alley. How would you compare that? Have you played Thunderstone? I have not. Oh, okay. I was going to say, it looks very similar in structure. I wonder if there's like some influence there.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's like um, if in Concordia, if you didn't play stuff on the board, you just bought places, right? then maybe it would be something similar to that in feel, huh. but like right. under the water. So like if the, the Little Mermaid invented Concordia and changed it up, and the sliding mechanism of the cards actually is really, really cool. If uh, mm. you get a chance to, like, read any reviews or watch anything on it, um, that's kind of the centerpiece. Like, the defining mechanism of uh, what sort of makes it unique is that um, the sliding of the, the card on the player boards. The player boards are really neat. The, yeah. the whole way they've engineered it is, is very cool. And
0: so the sliding of the cards, how, how does it affect? It affects um, the card that's under each place. Like each place it slides to, is it a cost effect or is it just like
1: it's? A, it's a thing. Types? Like, um, like it'll have uh, like one one of them might be uh, like two gold. So whenever you need two gold, you slide it up and you use that two gold one time oh, okay. to uh, to buy something. And then the next thing might be. Um, three power so when you go to conquer something you play a card that says conquer something with three power and then you're like okay I got three power here and if I slide this card up I get another three power so I have six power so now I can conquer this this bigger land that uh, that I need six con six power for gotcha. um, and so and then so sometimes it's blank okay so uh, and the only way to do that is to play a card or to use a power that lets you slide a card up. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and when you when you play something that lets you slide a card up, you don't get the benefit of that power, hmm. but you get closer to the bottom because really using those cards up and scoring them is how you get your points. How you get gotcha. the bulk of your points. Okay. Uh, you also have these manta rays, these plastic manta rays that uh, that have something on them. Like I think one of them's like uh, two gold, and then one's like um, you know two power, and one's like. Uh, slide a card up once or something like that and you can use them anytime uh, you just be like okay I need an extra gold I'm, I'm going to go ahead and flip this manta and then when you play your card that brings all your cards back to your hand it also says flip all your manas back over oh okay interesting so they're, they're kind of like I see con- the concordia yeah <laughs> it's even stronger yeah, they're, concordia Yeah, they're, they're kind of like little special power tokens that you can you can use and uh, how do you it, how do you get the so little bit yeah little modifiers kind of
0: so how do you earn those? Are they in the cards or do you have to like purchase them on them, on
1: their own? You start out with four of your own mantas and then there's a whole bunch of wild mantas. And the locations that you have, um, some of them will have a wild manta symbol at the bottom. And when you slide the card all the way to the bottom, when you sli- we'll slide it all the way up, um, then you get that if, if it has a manta on it, you get a wild manta.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: So, like, Joey had, like, eight mantas when he finished. (laughs) I only had my four plus one wild one. Um, Carson didn't have any wild ones. She just had a regular four. So, it really depends. Like, you can purposely go after lands that have wild mantas um, or go after other strategies. So, there's uh, just a lot of different different things you can do. Um, And Uh, then there's this scoring thing at the top... Where when you achieve something, you get to place a Manta on it, but you lose that Manta for the game. So, like, it might be, uh, one of them, I think, is, like, um, anytime you have uh, eight cards in your hand. Okay. So, and since you only start with, like, seven, so you have to build up, and then you have to bring them all back in your hand, and as soon as you do, and you have eight cards in your hand, you can claim that spot. And the first one to claim it gets, like, eight victory points, and the second one will get, like, six, and the... Next one will get like four or something like that. Um, But you use, it costs you a Manta. So you'll get points at the end, but it puts you at a slight disadvantage because uh, you won't have that particular starting Manta anymore. So you won't have that little, little bonus benefit.
0: Huh. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that I, I, those are really cool. I, the mantas are beautiful. <laughs> I was just looking at yeah, a picture of right? it's
1: like And they're sturdy. They're really they, solid. I, yeah, I can use them like in a slingshot or something like that. Yeah, they're they're really solid. So like the the components on this game are, are stellar. They're awesome.
0: That's cool. I do have to say I like the art too. It kinda reminds me of Blue Moon. Um that other card yeah. game where it's very much like a world in art in the art style or other you know, there's some other card games like this, but I like that Um, it really seems they've created a kind of a a world within the art
1: yes if you are not a fan of the color blue this is not (laughs) your game yes probably still all ocean-based games in general but this one for sure because it's literally like just a wash in blue yeah yeah
0: (laughs) nice all right aquatica i'll check that one out too and that you said there's an expansion that you could if you uh love the game you could check that one
1: out Yes, there's a Dark Waters expansion, which adds more characters, more locations, and adds like, I think they call it the factions or something. Uh, It basically replaces, I think, that scoring area at the top of the board uh, with something a little different. Uh, A lot of people have said they they like that better. So um, I think it makes it a little more gamery. I think it makes it a little denser. Uh, which I'm, I'm all about. It's so relatively. This is a game you probably could intro to somebody who's reasonably new at games. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It is. It could probably be considered somewhat gateway-ish. It's not super light. Uh, it's not like um, like Downforce or anything. It's not that accessible, but it's uh, it's still pretty accessible for for newer players.
0: Oh, cool, nice, yeah. I, uh, I definitely. The more I'm seeing about this as you're talking, I'm checking, clicking through it. I this does seem like something I would love quite, quite a bit. So I'll keep my eyes open. Is this a kick? Did you back this on Kickstarter or did you find it at a store?
1: No, nope, I just uh, I ordered it on Amazon. Oh, ordered it on Amazon. There we go. Yeah, I. Uh, God, I could just do this all day. <laughs> I literally, could do this all day. <laughs> 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 I don't think we have the time for that, but uh, but yes, I could I could pick your your next favorite game, uh, just one after the other after the other.
0: Right, <laughs> probably I do not doubt it, and then we would both go bankrupt.
1: Yes, and so I've I've been playing so many new games just be, really because Joey's here for the month. Yeah, um, and he I I've he doesn't really get to play games at at his house in Texas, so. Uh, We've been playing just a ton, and then uh, a lot of two player, and then a lot of three player when when Kirsten's around. So it's just um, kind of been a focus here. Uh, yeah, this will. Prob- I'm sure this will decline uh, as Kirsten and I don't normally just sit around and play games all the time. Right. Uh, yeah. But but Kirsten's going back to Denver this weekend, and Joey and I are gonna have another all weekend. Uh, play <laughs> game
0: extravaganza that sounds great
1: yes yeah, so i think we're gonna give uh probably dwellings another go or two um probably do another death may die um we're gonna we're gonna get going on it nice yeah. That sounds that sounds really fun um well
0: actually now speaking of game suggestions i am also going on uh, leaving town uh we're going back to wisconsin for a family reunion for a couple weeks and i'm This is my continuing saga of trying to find a game to introduce to my family that just is, like, I think this is a common experience with a lot of people whose families don't play games. Like, my family played, like, card games, and it is Wisconsin, so everyone plays Cribbage and uh, all that. But, like, I've tried to intro modern games to them. With no success. Like, the, the highest degree of success I've had, it was like, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and then, let's do another activity. <laughs> so, uh, that was like Try a long down time ago. Us.
1: Try Downforce.
0: It's got to play... Here's the thing, though. It's got to play many people. So, it's got to be a high player count. And it's got to be a game that you can talk over so you know the games that we grew up playing typically are the card games like or Bunko or something like that where mm-hmm. it's a big game table game so my i'm bringing here's what i'm bringing i'm bringing um i've never tried wits and wagers so i'm going to try wits and Ra- wagers and that's a I'm,
1: good one actually kirsten just played wits and wagers uh a couple weeks ago with some of her friends who don't ever play any games at all ever uh that's great i and- i, I miss
0: I, will, I love that game as she well, wipes so I'm the glad.
1: Floor with them. <laughs>
0: That's the best. You guys want to play this game? It's great. I'm destroy you! Destroy <laughs> you! <laughs> That's good. That's good. I haven't played it in a long time, and I missed. Uh, one of the recent game nights, I, sh- I showed up a little late, and just as the first warm up game, they were playing Wits and Wagers, and I just missed it, and I was kind of bummed. But um, but anyway, I put it in my head, and so I'm going to try Wits and Wagers, and then I'm going to bring Wavelength. Which we have actually played on Zoom when we were uh, my family wanted to meet up on Zoom for some reason, (laughs) and so I forced them to play that, and they seemed to like. But uh, but I've tried like Bang, and that was just almost like that was just like too much text to read. Like they didn't like like having abilities that you did was just that was a bridge too far, and and so like games that I'm like yeah anyone can get this, and then I'll bring it over, and they're like this is too much, or we just want to talk. Quicks would actually be another good one. That that'd be that's actually that's a good suggestion. I will bring Quicks. That would be an easy one to get into too. Yeah,
1: Quicks is one of my roommates. Like it's their favorite. They I, they're I like, hey, Quix. let's play that dice rolling
0: game. <laughs> I love it too. Quicks is great. We used they used to be our go to for a long, long, long time. Oh, speaking of dice games, have you played a game called Dice Stars? Oh, I have not. I had not either until recently, and um, it is a uh, Bruno Cathala. Is it Bruno Cathala? I think it is. Um, it's an abstract just roll-and-write dice-rolling game, but it kind of came and went. It just it wasn't uh, just overshadowed or, the you know, a lot of roll and rights just sort of um, fade to the background pretty quickly after release. yeah. And- but it's, uh, it's great. It's this really cool game where you are having to fill out, you know, your little board is a grid uh, of row and, rows and columns, and the rows are dice faces, you, um, and the columns are colors of the dice. And there's four or five dice colors. I can't remember. But basically, um, when you choose, you can choose either a color of dice or a number of dice and then put, uh, however many of that color number there are, you add them together and then you mark them on your sheet. Um, and so you either mark a row or a column down. And so it slowly fills up, slowly fills up. And then the game, uh, you have a, a few overflow areas where you can use, but the game ends as soon as someone has to take a penalty. There isn't, like, oh, like, uh, kind of quicks or other games like that where you take a few penalties. You can take, like, three penalties over the course of the game. This game, this ends as soon as, like, you take a penalty. Like, you can't take a dice. You've got to take a penalty for for that. And then the game ends, which actually Damn. sounds abrupt, but it is. it works really well for the course of the game. Like, it wouldn't work if you could just kind of rack up penalties over over time. But it's really fun. It's it's very abstract, but like the fact that they try to put a space theme on it, I think is hilarious. Because you are collecting the ones are stars, and so you do collect stars. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like really no point. It could have been star, dice, oranges. There's no point that it's uh, stars. <laughs> but it uh, it's really fun. It's a really fun little game. You could almost make this one yourself too, uh, or just write it out. But it's obviously more fun to uh, to play the developed one. Um, unfortunately, you can't find it online, really. Uh, so I, I hope to do another printing of this one, and um, I, I think it's still out in stores around because it's only a couple years old. Um, so yeah, keep your keep your eyes open for Dice Stars. It's really good. It's a nice little roll and write. And I wish I could pick it up because we, my wife and I, love those. I will. I will check
1: it out. I will check it out. See if I can check it out. Yes.
0: So.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have uh, come close to outstaying our welcome. <laughs>
0: We're riding up to the edge there. All right. I agree. This is a good rehash on some games we played, though. So, um, well, we hope all you guys were getting some games played as well. And uh, thank you for listening. You can reach out to us a couple different ways, of course, at Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, at uh, Roasted Games One. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, easterup.com, go to the Roasted Games section and fill out our comment form. Uh, then you can also find us on Facebook, Roasted Games. We are the uh, F- Dice on Fire, the Die on Fire logo. It's pretty obvious. I mean, uh, Roasted yeah, Games. I mean, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely us. It's uh, <laughs> yes. no mistake. Yeah, so reach out to us that way, of course. And uh, we'd love to hear from you any thoughts on what we're talking about or suggestions on what we could talk about. Um, You could uh, tell us how uh, (laughs) how wrong we are about Downforce. Although I I can't imagine anyone just hates the game. That's a really good game. So um, of her specific reviews, but uh, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, and we love when we do hear from you guys. So thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next episode.
1: Bye.